following podcast may contain a dash of popular profanities. Live, is it? Jeez, I'm really fucking loud. Fucking loud. Jeez, I'm really fucking loud. Fucking loud. Sloppy Joe's Bar. On the Skype pipe is Kyle Von Kubik. It's not cheating if you're just licking your teeth. Right. So you taught was... me that one. Oh! <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you could bite someone's teeth, too, I think. Oh, is that and a That's bite? not cheating. No, yeah, well, lick. you can lick, lick someone's teeth and bite their teeth. And a massage. What's the difference between, you know, a regular going to a massage parlor uh, and having someone rub your back? Or have someone rubbing your schlinging with their uh, tongue. Is that massage? None whatsoever. Massage. Not cheating. Professional. This is Pick of the Buck, where each week we have a buck to pick, and it has your name on it, and you put it in the arcade machine, and then you play a dollar. No one really remembers the rules to this show, why we call it Pick of the Buck. <laughs> it's long forgotten. It's the stuff of a myth. No one knows why. There's just a picture of a dollar bill with John's face on it. Behind the bar, Keith LaRoche. Yo. Overseen at the end of the bar, Stinky the Game Master reading a Life magazine with Michael Jackson on the cover. Oh, wow. He might be Ap- dead. I have to get Ap- a mirror. But hey, this is such a great game to get. Let's not just start. Let's go! Before we do get started, though, I wanted to say, I wanted to mention this. In the arcade, remember when they used to have arcades? Yes. That evidently they still do in our imaginary world. When I was a kid in the 1910s, and we had arcade games where you would go and there would be a mannequin of a cowboy. And then, <laughs> then you'd stand inside this, this metal belt that was on a stick. And there would be a, a, holster, a gun with a holster in it, and then he'd say, draw, and then you'd a record would say draw and then you'd pull out this gun and shoot this mannequin and he'd go ow you got me partner nothing would happen his hat wouldn't fly off nothing oh really (laughs) he'd just go ow i played the ones that were like a diorama and you'd shoot a bunch of different mannequins and then little animations would happen you know those old like em things right right this was a pseudo electromechanical but before it really they did very much I failed to mention that a few months ago, and this will tie in with nothing to do with this game. No, but uh, let's talk I, about it. Yes, I, I finally was able to score a custom gunman from 1976 that I had when I was a little kid. My mm-hmm. granny bought it for me at this one. We used to call it an auction, but it was a flea market. But we call it the auction for some. I remember. It doesn't it. sound as trashy. That's why. <laughs> I guess <laughs> it was like a flea market without the fleas. Um, yes. And uh, so what happens is it's custom gunman, and now you might have known this from it being replicated in the WarioWare, and you might have known WarioWare 
from 93% of the games that you play on the iPad try to replicate WarioWare. <laughs> yeah. So that's how you might know it, kids. Three degrees of separation. Oops, I just shot, I shot it. <laughs> I want, he sounds like I, a vacuum. He's, he's vacuuming himself, and he's back up. So anyway, it was Nintendo made this. Sega helped release it in the States. It comes with a gun, and it That's shoots... That's weird, in, right? It is very weird. When you cock the gun... I think that came through in a the mic. There's an I audible filling of the capacitor in here. Now, I'm not sure exactly what the voltage on the capacitor is because it's such an old capacitor that it can be anywhere from 10 volts to 120, but that's just what it could handle. Wiggly might kill himself <laughs> playing with this toy, everybody. I had to fix the gun and I was a little scared because it's so weird how the mechanics of it are, but I don't want to get into that. And then there's a guy that stands up. He's one of these uh, plastic fellows with a gun. He's got a mustache and a, and a cowboy hat. And there's strings inside there that get pulled tight, so he stands up. And when you shoot him, a little light comes out. And then uh, if you hit him with the infrared, that light does nothing. It just makes a flash, a flashlight. It is an infrared receiver because I found out. <laughs> I can't out believe how small it is and how loud it is. It's very loud. But this was one of my favorite toys. This and uh, another gun game that you play with a dark gun called Hands of Harry. But Custom Gunman was, of course, electric. Um, Hands of Harry was all, all just mechanical with the, with the kinetic motion of, of the plungers. Uh, hitting, right. hitting his uh, pants, belt buckle, his pants would fall down and shooting guns out of his hand and uh, whatnot like that. But it is actually IR, and when I received this from Thailand, that's where um, somebody had this boxed instructions, everything, just like I remember, the gun wasn't working. I knew that this was IR. I knew it wasn't light sensitive. You could hold a flashlight up to his little hole in his chest and nothing happens. So I was uh, going through my multi-remote, and I found out that my LG television toggle power on-off actually made him fall down so I could shoot him with my <laughs> remote control. And this brings up just one more thing. Ideal, Gunfight at the OK Corral was one of my favorite games, and I also have that. So this was my arcade at home in the 70s. Gunfight at the OK Corral, which is basically a long area with fake green and orange towns on each side. Then you have fake green and orange rocks and cactuses in front of your fella, and your fella is either green or orange. He's a cowboy. And he's on the front of a gun, and the gun shoots ball bearings, little ball bearings across the play field yep. at the other fella. Now, it's a lot like you know, when I went to the arcade, I was able to play Boot Hill. This was like the analog equivalent of Boot Hill. And when okay. you would hit your opponent's uh, fella, he'd pop off the gun, and then you win that. That's uh, my little trip down memory lane of arcades. Now, this game that we're going to talk about today is probably one of the greatest video games ever created in the world for okay. the haymaker genre. Yeah, it would be like the Boogie Wings equivalent of a fighting game. It where there's going to be so many things we're going to want to talk about, and it's going to be an amalgam of babbling, gushiness, and mm. we're super positive on this game. But I, there's a couple little issues, but otherwise, it is nearly a perfect game. I find the issues, if the issues that I'm thinking of that you thought of, I find them charming, but we shall see what we, we shall see. Yes. Why don't you take it? This is a game by Namco. We've talked about it before on a show. I think I did, because I, I remember talking about it with John. Maybe in the Johnny Capcom experience, I'm not sure. But I know okay. that we uh, mentioned it before, but this game is worth revisiting, because like you said, it is on par with the great ragtime show. Yes. Yeah. This is 1995, The Outfoxies by Namco. Mm -hmm. 
It is a um, one-on-one fighter, but it's a weapon-based fighter that has destructible environments and a litany of different weapons and situations of which you can kill your foe with. It is pretty much indescribable. You sort of just have to jump in into the middle of it. A lot like boogie wings. Yes. But you can also do hand-on-hand combat. It's just that your characters are so small. Yes, a lot of people online who are familiar with this game, because this game is actually not familiar to a lot of people, because it had a very limited run. A lot of people have said that this is like a a game that is the precursor to Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. And while I agree with that to some respect, to me, it plays a lot like Power Stone. Exactly. But this is a sprite-based game Mm -hmm. that has sprite scaling similar to what you would see in the early 90s with the Mode 7 on a Super Nintendo. But there's no possible way a Super Nintendo would be able to run this game because the environments are humongous. Mm, I'll say. This game takes everything that I think is cool about other cool games, and I mean this in like a non-linear time frame setting. Some elements uh, from the games that weren't contemporary, some that came before it, and some that would be developed later, like Dynamite Decca, or like you said, Power Stone. And it mixes this into a, a versus Haymaker game. It contains both trains and sharks, which are two of my favorite game components. Plus, I've never disclosed this, my love of, for helicopters. Oh, okay. The only thing that's not in this game is a minecart level. If it would have had that, then it would be perfect. And I'm going to say to me what games I see in this, and then you can you can tell us more about this title. Elevator Action, Elevator Action X, Elevator Action Returns, Super Smash Brothers, Shadow Dancer, Dynamite Decca, Power Stone, Circus Atari, Arrow the Acrobat, Castlevania, Strider, Nam 75, The Art of Fighting, The Art of Fighting 2, The Art of Fighting 3, Cyberlip, Bloody Wolf, and Contra 3 Hardcore. It gives me the things that I like about those games. I'm satisfied with it in here. And it's just so crazy and wacky. It's a game that you're going to play through again and again as different characters. And this is character driven. Yeah, there's uh, seven playable characters. Well, eight if you include the twins. Yeah. But there's seven playable characters. There's they twins. all. There's twin children which die in like the most horrific way possible. If this game is of its era, 1995 ultra violence. We're talking about things that would make Joe Lieberman and Tipper Gore shit their pants. (laughs) Which is probably why this game never saw a home release, because of the child murder (laughs) that happens in it. Yeah, I mean, they're they're obviously uh, from The Shining. Yeah, they're very... Except they they don't ride tricycles, but they do look like the Omen. So they're, they're very demonic children. Well, they're actually former conjoined twins, which, again... That I forgot. It's a very weird thing. Do you remember their blood type at all? No. (laughs) (laughs) But you have them. And then my clue last week was uh, I riffed on Bubbles, the monkey, which was the chimpanzee that would hang out with uh, Michael Jackson, oddly enough. But there is a chimpanzee named Dweeb who runs around in a suit and shoots at people. And he is by far the cheapest character in the game. Because he's so fucking short, he's almost impossible to hit. And he wears a top hat and a monocle, I think. Yes, he has a top hat and a monocle. There's also a uh, Professor X type character. His uh, name is Professor Ching. He's a evil scientist who rides around in a wheelchair. <laughs> and Oh, there he goes now. 
<laughs> uh, that happened on its own. There must be some RF frequencies where I gotta turn him off. <laughs> so the Professor Cheng, he's literally like laid out on this wheelchair. He's like kind of like Steve Hawkins looking. Yeah, but I believe uh, it's the world's most powerful or dangerous wheelchair. Uh, I believe Something that. Something of the, that nature. There's also like a, a guy with a cybernetic arm. There's a woman who looks very similar to Poison from Fatal Fury. Mm-hmm. And then there's just generic white man and generic white girl who have some sort of backstory in the overall the game. There's a backstory with them, but they're not nearly as interesting as these other characters, especially the poison looking chick who has an iguana make love to the back of her head in her uh, promo video. I think she's more out of Blade Runner, the flesh job with the snake. Mm hmm. I can see that. She's sexy. Yeah. The plot is awesome. Mr. Acme. Yeah. Is hiring assassins to kill famous art dealers from around the world. Mm -hmm. But the assassins don't know that he also hired the other assassins to kill the assassins that are killing the art dealers. Right, but you know this by watching the track screen. Right, and you hear him clearly say, (laughs) (laughs) And he keeps promising these different assassins large sums of money for whoever they kill because he thinks that the assassins are all going to kill each other and then he doesn't have to pay anybody. Right. Now that's smart. It's very smart for Mr. Acme. Now, usually a fighting game has a real stupid premise to bring people together, but this art collecting, that makes <laughs> it is, sense. It's stupid, but it's <laughs> stupid in a good way. And uh, one of the things that I really love about this game, and I don't know if you think it's a detractor, is that they've really only taken the time to draw these characters' sprites at a certain pixel height. So when these uh, TV monitors or different things, close-ups of these characters happen, because the sprites are kind of small of these characters, they'll just blow it up to their face, yeah. and their face will be made out of five blocks. <laughs> that actually doesn't bother me. That's kind of charming. I love charming. that, yeah. What, what I don't like is the opposite of that when they zoom out in these large environments, oh. and then you get lost. Okay. And, uh, and it's not even a huge... like. The game is super playable. It's super intuitive. It's a lot of fun. We both strongly recommend the game. Mm -hmm. But if I was to criticize one thing, it's when we zoom out and we see the whole scope of the stage, which, again, these environments are very large. You're very small on the screen. And it's hard to see what you're doing when you're zoomed out that far. Now, if you're playing with another person, this is going to happen a lot more than if you're playing against the computer. Because the computer is often within your area. Mm -hmm. But there are times, too, where the computer is going to hide in this bottom corner and you're going to be at the top corner of the screen and you're zoomed out and you're maybe three pixels big. Yeah, That's the only thing I would criticize. It gets a little tough. Now, that's the hardware and technology of the day. But in 1995, we're talking PlayStation now. We're talking polygons. This is why Mm. with a Super Smash Brothers game, we can zoom out of those polygons. And it's a lot better than when we do this with pixels. Right. And this is the limitation of the mode seven as well. We can we can scale up and scale down, but they're still pixels. They're still sprites at the end of the day. So when you scale back real far, they get real small and they're hard to determine what they are. But fortunately, there's little signs that happen above the different objects that you can pick up, like a bazooka or a sword <laughs> or, or a, a fruit cream, basket and a cream pie. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all the different weapons, they'll have little little signs above them. So, you know, that if you're picking them up or not. 
we, we've set up the character design, but the level design is what hooked me into this, where I could not believe what was happening next. Let's talk about when you select a character, one of these seven, you're presented six screens. One of my favorite stages would have to be the aquarium stage, mm -hmm. which is Betty Doe's stage. And what's nice about this stage is there's a lot of destructible environments and the stage changes as you progress. There's a few stages that do this, but this one's a lot of fun because at the beginning of this stage, Betty Doe lights a fuse. And then the fuse you can actually see on the screen is going around toward these bombs. And it's like almost like a timer. Right. When those bombs go off, this um, giant sperm whale that is either taxidermed or molded <laughs> falls from the ceiling and then gets stuck onto this giant ornate trident oh. at the bottom of the screen. Yes. Now, before that, if you throw somebody down this hole where that whale falls and they hit the trident, they get hurt. But if the whale falls and you can jump on the whale and you're progressing further down into the level, the walls and the floor start to break apart. As you get to the lower levels of the aquarium, there's also shark tanks and piranha tanks that you could throw your enemy into and then piranhas start gobbling up at them and they start losing health. That is just a small example of seven different stages that you're going to see this happen with. There's also a, a circus stage. There's um, the helicopter stage that you were describing. I love that. That's also that one of my favorite stages. That goes down forever. Yes, that's another building where you keep blowing out floors and this helicopter keeps getting mangled more and more as you go down. It starts out like, okay, you think, oh, this is like an elevator action type of building. Yeah. You're playing in the building, you're playing through it, you're, you're fighting each other, you're hitting each other with all these weapons that you're introduced to for the first time, all the different types of uh, guns and swords and bazookas, right. like I mentioned, and, and grenades. The grenades have a countdown timer on them. You can actually hurt yourself if you're caught up in it. You could pick up boxes, you could pick up a lot of the environments and throw it at each other. You and can then, get the box stuck on their head too. <laughs> and, they're, and you're running around with a box on your head. It's uh, hilarious. That's sort of at the bottom, you're getting a little bit of comedy there. Yeah. And then you also see a lot of electrical boxes, you could hit people in that, you're gonna get stuck in water. Oh, that's another thing too, yeah. I forget which stage that is. Might be the aquarium as well, but there there's moments in the game where you bust open pipes and gushes of water will come down and form to the platforms and actually sweep either you or your opponent away, or both of you. And into an electrical uh, you know, box or something yes. like that. But then the helicopter smashes down through one of the basements of that building, and it's this elegant restaurant, and you have chandeliers, mm -hmm. and you have tables, and this is where you find out that you can pick up a pie and throw it at your opponent. So now you're understanding that this awesomeness, that complete chaos and mayhem and right. now you have this other cool funny element it, it still plays it for the truth although it's a pie in the face right it's comedic debauchery it's just enjoyable it's very enjoyable and very satisfying because what do you like doing in, in a lot of these haymaker games you killing like to... children and monkeys <laughs> <laughs> right and picking up bazookas and blowing up people's faces with it you, you like right. to or pick up the things stabbing the handicap <laughs> Hey, he's a dick. He's literally laying there like Stephen Hawkins, though. Which is, <laughs> he is. But his... just, the, the choices in this game, oh. it doesn't feel like a Namco game at all. No, like I, you're right. You don't feel like Namco put it out. And it's not about quality. The quality is, is on par with Namco. But the amount of violence 
mm-hmm. that's in this game is you know you think that this was put out by Midway in 1995. Right, right, right. It's very Western feeling. There's a part where you're on the, like this aircraft carrier. Well, it's yeah, not an aircraft carrier, but it's a, like this giant Chinook, I guess. That's Dweeb's stage. And you see a half cut of the environment that you're inside of the helicopter. That's why it reminds me a little bit of um, NOM 75 in that point. Yeah. And that helicopter's rocking back and forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. And eventually you're going to go down and crash. And then you're going to continue fighting. And that's what's really neat about this. It, these levels go further than you think they're going to go. Yes, more than you expected. And when you think you've seen it all, there's often another element to it. And that's why it's good to play the computer, because if you play a versus, sometimes you don't get to see the entire environment because you actually kick each other's ass before you get to the other parts of the the stage. And like when I played against uh, Chizzy, I had to say, well, now cease fire and let's go down a little bit here. Okay, now go. Right. (laughs) Now I hit you with a pie. And now a tiger is going to go on a trampoline from the clowns oh. and, and come up towards the tightrope and the flying Walendas brothers. I really like all the stages, but the circus level is pretty cool as well. And what's also cool is the little things like we talked about. There's a lot of different weapons, destructible environments. Each character plays a little bit differently. Each character, when you defeat another character, does something different when you go back to the selection screen. For instance, once I fought Dweeb the Chimp, Mm -hmm. I decided I was going to be Dweeb the Chimp because it took so long to kill the little (laughs) bastard. So at first I was playing John Smith, and when he defeated the guy, he did something with the television screen. He'd shoot the television screen or Mm -hmm. something, blew out. I just expected that, okay, that's the animation for every character. Now I'm playing as Dweeb. Dweeb hits the remote control and switches it to cartoons instead of the face of the person he's going to go up against or the person he defeated, rather. So that's just like another little touch. Like there was so so much um, craft put into this game. It really is super enjoyable and worth playing again as a different character. Yes. There's so much about this title that we wouldn't see until much later in other games. And it's a shame that this game is buried. I don't know of any other releases other than the arcade for this title. No, it did not get released on any home console. And like I said, I imagine that has probably something to do with the fact that 11-year-old children are brutally (laughs) murdered in the game. I'm serious, though. Think about it. 1995, you you know, what were we worrying about? We were worrying about Doom Mm. and Mortal Kombat corrupting their youth. Right, right. Let's shoot him in the face. It looks like it's from Splatterhouse. Well, yeah, there's that. (laughs) But what about Daffy Duck? He gets his beak shoved on uh, through the other side of his head. Yeah, but blood didn't gush from his mouth and eyes. Oh, I'll have to go back and watch those. But Popeye, man, he punched this guy so hard. First, his teeth like all cracked apart. And then he's all gummy, his mouth, you know, he's got a mouthful of blood and pus. One of my favorite Popeye cartoons is when uh, Bluto and Popeye are both vying after, you know, olive oil. Mm. You know that 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 one. Sure, that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I remember but when it, that happened. But in this particular one, they're like, "Look, may the best man w- win," and they shook hands and they were going to help each other get ready, and they proceed just to knock the shit out of each other. Popeye goes to Bluto like, you know, all right, I'll clean you up. You clean me up. So, like, give me a shave. And Bluto takes the razor and fucking knocks it into a brick. And it has all these jagged, like, uh, edges to it and starts shaving his face. And he's got, like, this uh, mangled uh, mess of a beard on his face. 
That's exactly the one I was talking about because she okay. likes a clean shaven man. Yes. And then she ends up uh, hooking up with a guy from ZZ Top. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a fantastic one. They, each, <laughs> they let each other shave each other. You know? <laughs> that's safe. <laughs> yeah. no, and talk uh, about Looney Tunes. Remember that uh, Daffy Duck cartoon where he shaves Elmer Fudd? He's a fucking lunatic. Oh, back uh, when Daffy Duck was a character. Right, that, back when he wasn't another Bugs Bunny. Yeah, 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 sure. That, again, one of my... I guess it's just cartoons and straight razors. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great combination. Yeah. There's also a really great Popeye where it's live kids intermixed with the cartoons. And it's sort of like a clip show. And okay. uh, the little kid is a real boy and he gets beat up by these bullies. And then he thinks about all these Popeye cartoons. And then he gets a can of spinach and he eats it. And then he goes and just decks the shit out of these bullies. And that's a, <laughs> and that's the moral of the story, you know. That's the end. He goes, you know, I, and then he smokes a pipe at the end. Boop, boop. Was a <laughs> well, we won't get into the propaganda films that Popeye was in. Oh, my gosh. How about it? That's, well, even up think, until the 70s. Do you remember what was it? I think it was Good Times where there was some episode where a kid was getting mouthy. So the father just brought him in the room and beat the... Now, this wasn't one of his kids. This was like a friend... Oh, no, it was a kid who was bullying mm. his kid. And they said, oh, invite him over and we'll have him for dinner. You know, kill him with kindness. So the kid comes over. He's just being a real shit. So the father grabs him, just whacks the shit out of him in the bedroom. And he goes, if we didn't care about our kids, we wouldn't hit him. And that was the moral of the show. <laughs> Maybe that's why they had to balance it out with Penny, who was a young Janet Jackson that was getting the... Uh, iron put to her the clothes iron oh yeah and the and the iron extension cord yeah good times we're talking about again right yeah another with bubba butt you know the great <laughs> that went over so well during the ghostbusters episode hey we gotta go did we, we say do. enough about the outfoxies it's another game that suffers from a terrible terrible name just like that old great ragtime show yeah Who, you know what who's gonna play outfoxies who's gonna play the ragtime show no if you one. said, if you said, "Hey man, let's go play out Foxies," uh, what am I doing? <laughs> the way that this game plays, you would not see again until 1999 with both Power Stone and Super Smash Brothers. So this is definitely worth playing. It has huge historical significance, and it holds up today. Like mm -hmm. I said, the only complaint I have is when we scale back too far. Hard to see what you're doing, but really, it's few and far between moments, and it's totally worth it. All right, man. Hey, here's Shiny Capcom. Magic suck. Sorry, everybody. Um, yeah, I'm in the middle of practice right now. I, I recently signed a contract with a stinky the game master that allows me six percent involvement in every audio project Wiggly takes part in. And uh, I don't mean to get your hopes up, but uh, there might be a certain meat-based sequel on the way, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, my tip for the out foxies. 
uh, this week would be steal that fucking shit. It, it was never properly released. I mean, just stick it in the Google, look at it. You know, it's. I am literally stealing it right now, and I'm going to have a party based around it in the next couple of weeks. So, if you live in Ireland, and that's how wide the invitation goes based on this game's awesomeness, you just give me a show, and we will drink and play this game and stuff. So, yeah, there we go. I'm, I'm going to get back to the old, uh, the old practice. Uh, two. Oh, fuck. Two. Two. Uh, Two, 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 Okay. And we always give a clue for the next week's title. My clue's gonna be, this stuff's good for you, right? My mm. clue's gonna be, what a ripoff of Galaga. <laughs> exactly right. And now T.T. Schmookins will give her We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Pickety Buck Arcade Game Audio Clue for next week. Hello, I am Titty Schmookins. Here is next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Pickety Buck Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, geeks. All right, everybody. Hey, well, get over here. <laughs> get over here, everyone. Join us for the next Oh, You Can Eat episode of We Talk Games. Pick it a buck. Pick it a buck. I, hey, what? I just I forgot to pick it a buck. I won.